0: Oh, come on, church. Let's give God some glory in here. Come on. Can we shout glory? Can you shout through the mass? Can we have church in the midst of a mass? Come on online. Somebody write glory. Somebody shout glory. Glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It is indeed a blessing to be back at one church. Um, love Pastor Uh Conway and in the preacher machine, Sister Jada, y'all, she, um, she's talking I don't, I don't know what y'all are doing, but, um, I'm, I'm going to be in the women's community group this week. I, I, I know where I'm hanging out. So when y'all see your brother in there, don't act brand new. Just say, welcome Pastor Tate. It's just good to have you. I, um, so thankful for this church. So thankful for the ministry here. Um, and, and I feel like, um, as i listen to glory and as i see the ladies dance i almost i almost wanted to bust a move while they was doing their thing but my knees ain't really what they used to be i the way they were doing them falls i might fall and not be able to get up again i just have to go out in the spirit and y'all come put a blanket over me like they used to do come on saints don't y'all y'all ain't been in one church all your life y'all remember the, y'all remember the sanctified church they come put a sheet over you Y'all Google that, y'all. So there's some people don't know what I'm talking about. Um, as as they talked about our ancestors, I can't help but think about the faith that they passed on to us, the legacy of their faith, because they held faith in the midst of hard persecution y'all know we, we, we talk about persecution. we act like wearing a mask is a persecution, you know, but they they were beaten, they lost it all, and in the midst of that, they still chose to believe God. Uh, I, that, that, that's my assignment today. I want to talk about what does it mean to believe God, even in the midst of hard times. I want to talk to somebody today that's struggling with your faith. I want to talk to somebody today that's been overwhelmed. Um, I don't know about you, but the last year, I'm a pastor. I love Jesus. But I've struggled. Is it okay to say that out loud? Is is it okay to say, I'm a pastor? I love Jesus. Y'all, my job is to be spiritual. I get paid to be spiritual. If you really think about it, I know don't nobody like to think about it, but I get paid to be spiritual. If you don't believe me, let me not be spiritual for a long time. I'll stop getting paid. <laughs> Y'all hear me in here? But, but even though it's my job and it's my life and it's my calling and it's truly who I am, I've found myself in moments where discouragement has been so overwhelming. Faith didn't come natural to me. I know y'all too holy and, and too spiritual, but, but prayer didn't come natural to me. There, there, sometimes you get hit with stuff, and you get so discouraged, it's hard to pray. Y'all, y'all there are times. I'm just going to be honest. I'm just going to be transparent. And, you know, y'all, y'all, don't, y'all can judge me in the comments if you want to because um, I don't read them no way. So judge all you want to. I ain't going to never see them. As much as I love God's Word, there are times when my natural proclivity ain't to go read the Word. You, you ever go through so much and you're so burdened, you don't want to hear no Scriptures? I, Sometimes I got real spiritual friends and I got real Godly friends, and I'll tell them, yeah, today ain't today. I don't want to hear no Scriptures today. I don't know if y'all like that. Maybe y'all sp- more spiritually deep than I'd be like, hey, yeah, 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 yeah. I ain't ready to pray yet. I ain't ready to pray yet. I still want to cuss a little. Oh, come on in here. I said I want to. I didn't say I did. I said I wanted to. Maybe I did. I don't know. But it don't matter. I'm just saying. I'm just saying I I want to talk about choosing to believe because I want to make sure that we understand in following Jesus, it don't always come natural. And you know the thing that takes people out? They look at one another and they... When, when it doesn't come natural to them to believe or when it's hard to believe, they look at other people and they assume that it's easy. Yeah. They look at me walking up here with my Bible and, and, you know, coming up, and they just think, oh, this brother, it, it's easy for his faith. So if you start struggling in your faith, the devil starts lying to you and still thinking, yeah, this ain't for you because you, you str- it's not natural. So I just want to b- move the barrier and say it's hard for me sometimes. I'm coming out of a year, y'all, Well, I've had to consistently choose to believe. There there are levels of loss. I've I've had to choose. I don't know if this is anybody in the room, but I've had to choose to believe. Watch this. With a broken heart. There There are sometimes, and there are places that you will find yourself in your journey where you trust God and you know that He's sovereign and you know that He's in control, but I don't like what He allows. can I just tell the truth in here? Can I just tell the truth? This is an 11 o'clock service. Y'all got plenty of sleep. So I figure we might as well tell the truth. Even y'all watching online, you're watching in your draws. So I figure you might as well be comfortable. Can I just get a little comfortable? I'm sorry. I said draws. That's a bad word. Can, I, can I? There's Sometimes if I'm honest, y'all, if I'm honest, I know he's sovereign, and I know he's in control, and I even know he's going to work all things for my good. I know that in my mind, but I look, and I see what's happening, and I got to be honest, and I say, I don't like what you allowed. You allowed it. You didn't cause it, but you allowed it, and it happened on your watch. And I got to bring that to the table of my faith to my spirituality. I can't just ignore that. God, you're good, but you allowed some stuff on your watch that I didn't sign up for that I didn't like. And in those moments, you still got to choose to believe. We, um, one of the hardest moments for me this past year is we had a family. Husband found out he had a short time to live. It, it was one of those diagnoses where you come up and the doctor says, there's really nothing we can do. This couple had been in our church, uh, been faithful. But unbeknownst to us, they came to us and says, pastors, we, um, we've been together for 18 years. but We've never been married. Never, never actually had a wedding and never got married. We got kids. Yeah, they got all, all they said, would y'all marry us? Now, in California, it's a pandemic. I, I don't know what it is out here in Texas. Y'all know, y'all. Y'all know, y'all, Texas, you know, y'all make up y'all own rules. Y'all do y'all own thing. I would say the South, but y'all ain't even the South. Y'all are Texas. It's a. My wife said, now listen, I don't know how they working out there in Texas, but I need you to have your mask. As a matter of fact, I bought my mask on stage just in case she watching online, baby. I'm on, I'm, I'm, I, I got it on and they got it on too, y'all. Not only that, but y'all gotta love church people in masks. Y'all know, y'all know that the sister's gonna hook up the mask. Y'all know we ain't gonna have just no regular mask. You know, sister's got sequence mask, got Jesus on the cross mask. God, all all the ladies needed in church was another accessory. They like, come on, let's go. I give me girl, give me a, give me some earrings and, and and a mask and then a purse a purse to match and some shoes. Shout, we gotta we coordinate. We got a whole a hat and mask set. We are coordinating people, y'all. We don't play so. I and mean, when these masks came out, I was like, ah, oh, the sister's about to take it to another level with the mask. I'm just telling you, get ready. Easter ain't going to be no joke, y'all. I'm telling you, going to have the hats with the masks and the heels ready for Jesus. We're going to be ready for his resurrection, child, mask and all. <laughs> we, um, when they told us that we um, wanted to do this wedding, we had to figure out how to do it on Zoom, how to do a pandemic wedding folks from my church found out about it and um, it just moves me to tears even still today to see the body of Christ, be the body of Christ. We had a florist called and said, I'll donate flowers. We had a baker called and said, I'll, I'll make the cake. Lady had a wedding dress that she gave her and they got it all hooked up and they delivered stuff and we did a Zoom wedding in the pandemic. He was on hospice care so there he is in the hospital bed. And she's standing there next to her. And through a Zoom laptop, we pronounced the vows. Their little girl's birthday was two days later. So we put together uh, a pandemic birthday party for their little girl. Y'all know, uh, I, I kind of like these pandemic birthday parties. We do these drive throughs Y'all do the drive-thru birthday party out here? Y'all did? where you just drive through Y'all, it's the best thing? This is, now, this is something I want to keep after the pandemic. Because let me tell you, this, I got a bunch of kids, y'all. These birthday parties be killing my weekend. Four hours, I'm sitting around. They running around. I'm sitting here eating stale pizza, you know what I mean, and stuff that's going to have me all up eating on Tums at night. And now I got to hang out with the parents who I don't know halfway like. And then they say, what do you do? I'm a pastor. Oh, great. Now I got to be nice and I got to talk to you all day. Um work through all of your faith trauma from your time as a child. You know what I mean? So I just so I'm loving these these drive-through birthday parties y'all 15 minutes and we out. We done. I mean, this is just beautiful. I I love it. We um we had balloons. We had um people donate gifts. We did a drive-through birthday party for the little girl. Then a few days later. had a Zoom funeral. A wedding, a birthday party, and a funeral all in seven days. I had to choose to believe with a broken heart. So I want to encourage somebody today. You may have come and you may be watching with a broken heart. You may be in a season to where you acknowledge who God is, but you struggle with with what he allows. You may be in a time where faith ain't coming natural to you. Belief ain't coming natural to you, where it's got to be an intentional space. And I've just come to encourage you just for the next 22 minutes and 50 seconds because a brother got a clock counting down. I know exactly how much time I got and how much time I don't got right sitting here. You know, I, I don't understand Conway is a, a clock on a black preacher is like kryptonite to Superman and he just got it sitting right here to count me down. So, so but I'm going to be faithful and obedient and humble so I'm going to take my 22 minutes and 29, 28, 27 seconds and declare what thus has said the Lord before they come play me off. Um, I, I, I want to encourage you and here's the message. Here's the theme. Um, it's it's kind of like I, I grew up in, a, in an all-black setting, uh, but in the last 15 years of my life, I've been working in multicultural settings. So I've been learning different cultures. Uh, I've, I, I left an all-black church and went to a predominantly white church in, Mississippi, I mean, in California. And then I started our own church, which and we're uh, very multi-ethnic. So I, I remember going to my first white wedding. Uh, I ain't never been no white folks wedding before uh in Mississippi you know I just so I just remember going to my first one y'all know at a black wedding the reception you know all the DJ got to do is act like he gonna just he come on y'all know the song what's the gathering song you know just the, the uh, he just act like he all, all you got to do is hear here is electric hey hey you you gotta all you gotta do is act like you are gonna pay the electric slide and everybody on the floor, everybody doing their thing, y'all. hey, hey, hey. You gotta put people put, put, put a little extra on, uh, 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 uh. uh. This is like that's too much extra Aunt Shirley. It's too much. You almost took my toe out Aunt Shirley. Well, the white people got a song like that too. It's not the electric slide. They got another song that as soon as they play it, oh. They be on the flow. They be turning up. And I've, I've been around them now enough, and we've been doing life together. I'd be out there with them too. I'd be like a, a white girl. Don't stop believing. Hey, oh, oh, don't stop believing. That's their jam. My hope and my prayer is that their jam speaks to your soul today. Don't you stop believing don't you stop holding on to who God is. I need you to make a choice to intentionally believe. Our landscape is found in the book of Luke chapter eight as Jairus paints the picture for us as our main character in this journey to believe. Luke chapter eight, verse 40. Hear these words of the the father. I gotta get a little second though. That little dance. Ooh, I'm too fat to be moving like that. Who in service. Oh, praise the Lord. Just one more. I just did. All right, Luke chapter eight. This I'm reading quite kind a of few verses. I can't be dancing and reading at the same time. Lord help me. Now, when Jesus returned, the crowd welcomed him, for they were all expecting him. Then a man named Jairus, a synagogue leader, came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come to his house because his only daughter, a girl about 12, was dying and Jesus was on his way. The crowds almost crushed him. Uh, And... uh, She could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet. In the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. Then he said to her, "'Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace.' While Jesus was still speaking, someone came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. "'Your daughter is dead,' he said. "'Don't bother the teacher anymore.'" Hearing this, Jesus said to Jairus, don't be afraid, just believe, and she will be healed. When he arrived at the house of Jairus, he did not let anyone go into, go in with him except Peter, John, and James, and the child's father and mother. Meanwhile, all the people were wailing and mourning for her. Stop wailing, Jesus said. She is not dead, But asleep, they laughed at him, knowing that she was dead. But he took her by the hand and said, my child, get up. Her spirit returned. And at once she stood up. Then Jesus told them to give her something to eat. Her parents were astonished. But he ordered them not to tell anyone what had happened happen. Jairus is a synagogue leader. He's a man of influence, but he's desperate. He's in trouble. His little girl is on the verge of death, and his wife says, Jairus, we've got to do something. So he goes to the only one who is able, the only one who he knows that can do something in this situation. Have you ever been in a situation where you know there's only one that can ultimately bring you out, and his name is Jesus. Jairus goes to find Jesus. He goes to find Jesus. You got to understand, there are a lot of people that want Jesus to come to their house. There are a lot of people that want Jesus to meet their needs. So it's a long shot at best, but he goes to him, pleads on behalf of his daughter. And Jesus says, yes. Jesus says, yes. Can you imagine? The feeling that Jairus has now, knowing that he's walking and Jesus is coming to his house. Can you imagine the internal exhale that happens knowing, if if for no other reason, not only is his daughter about to be saved, but his wife is going to be happy. It's just something about coming home with what your wife asked for. Can I get a grocery store witness? Can I get a grocery a witness? One of the most traumatic things that can happen on any given week of my life and my marriage is my wife saying to me, honey, I need you to go to the store. Oh, my God. Because I failed so many times. She asked me to bring sugar. I bring sugar. She's like, you know we don't use the sugar. We use the organic sugar in the green case. I don't look at the color of the case, honey. You said sugar, this is sugar. Sugar was sugar back when I was growing up. Turns out sugar ain't sugar no more. It requires, she brought butter. Uh, I wanted the unsalted butter. You didn't say unsalted butter. I'm just walking around the grocery store defeated and lost, thinking I'm going to fail when I get home. Come on, any brothers, any, can I I get witness up here? I don't care what you do, you get it right. And then she wants me to pick up, you know, one, one, womanly products, you know what I mean? So I'm in the aisle just... (laughs) I mean, it's about a million and a half options, and I can hear, I hear the women passing by, snickering at me, look at us, look at him. I I can hear them laughing behind me, and I'm thinking, I mean, you you got wings, no wings. I don't know, she's never flown at home before. I don't know what's... I don't know what's happening here. I don't know. So, so, so imagine how good it felt to Jairus coming home knowing that I got exactly what my wife wanted. I got exactly what my wife needed. I'm bringing Jesus to heal my little girl. So he goes, but while he's walking, something happens in the text. There's another woman that shows up in Jairus' story. Uh, I'm going to say that again. You missed that. I said, there's another woman that shows up in Jairus' story. This woman has, has an issue of blood. She, she's the issue with her, with her bleeding. She's been bleeding for 12 years, which technically in Jewish culture laws makes her unpure, in, unclean. So she's not supposed to be out anyway. So now you didn't come up in my story. You ain't even supposed to be outside, let alone in my story. You ever have your story with Jesus get interrupted? You ever have an expectation of Jesus and all of a sudden it gets interrupted and disrupted? This woman comes with the issue of of blood. She ain't even supposed to be out there, but she's made up in her mind, the text shows us, that if she could just touch the hem of his garment, I ain't got to talk to him. He ain't even got to come to my house. If I could just touch him, I'll be made whole. She makes her way through the crowd, and we love this story. We love because she, she comes from behind. She touches him, and Jesus immediately stops and he says, who touched me? And you got to love the disciples here because you can just tell they irritated with Jesus. You can just feel the tension. It's like, here we go again. Here's, um, you know, here's another thing. You know what I mean? Because it's like, there, there, there are tons of people around you, Jesus. What are you, what are you talking about who touched you, right? L- listen to the text. You can hear the tension in Peter's voice. He says, he says, he says who touched me? And, and nobody, everybody denies, everybody's like, what? And then Peter's like, as, as if he's enlightening Jesus. Um, Jesus, here's the deal, man. Um, there, there are tons of people around you, and we're all pressed in here. It's pretty tight. Um, so, so kind of low key, Jesus. Everybody's touching you. So, could we just kind of keep on going here? You stop. We got a lot to do today, Jesus. Be careful giving instructions concerning what's going on in the spiritual realm. Be, be, be careful trying to tell God what needs to happen in the situation. Would he need to be telling you what happened in the situation? Watch your familiarity. Sometimes we get too familiar with Jesus and we forget that he's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He knows all and you don't. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus says, all right, Peter, let me hip you the game. Just because there are a lot of people around me doesn't mean that they're touching me. Just because you in the church service don't mean you touching me. Just because you decided to watch online, regardless of what you got on, that don't mean you touching him. He says virtue has left my body. Power has left my body. Someone has touched me in a way that pulls something from me. Somebody touched me. The woman recognizing that her pull could not go unnoticed. Uh, can I just encourage somebody? Let me just take 30 seconds right here and encourage somebody. Your pull won't go unnoticed. Some of you have been pulling on God and touching God and you're desperate. You need him. This ain't another church service. You came because you desperately need God to move. Some of you, you need God to move this week. It ain't another month. It ain't another year. My 2020 21 is already in a desperate situation and some of you are in here here right now saying I can't afford to go unnoticed I need God to move in my marriage now I need God to move in my family now I need God to move in my finances right now if you need God to move right now I dare you to open up your mouth and say God I need you to move I can't wait another minute I can't wait another hour God I need you to move right now I don't have the luxury of time I need God to move there's some people in the room that just can't sing the song you got to pull on his power he stops and he ministers and this is and i'm i'm, I'm doing it right now and, and, and what we do is we can't we can't resist the homiletical temptation to lean into the woman the camera lens usually in this point of the sermon comes off of a gyrus and focuses in on the woman because this woman just preaches good. She, she's an underdog. We love an underdog. She comes from behind. We love that. But for my next nine minutes and 44, 42 seconds, I want to zoom out off the woman. I want to resist the temptation to go there homiletically. And let's zoom back into gyrus. Y'all remember him? He was the one that was desperate. He was the one that just internally exhaled because Jesus was walking with him. While, while everyone else is looking at the woman, let's look back at Jairus. Jairus is walking. Her blessing has now become my burden. Your breakthrough is about to cause my breakdown. Him, him taking time for you means I'm losing time for me. As we look at Gyrus, I need you to know everybody ain't shouting at the woman's deliverance. Everyone's not celebrating at her breakthrough. Jairus is saying, Jesus, we had a plan. Jesus, we had a mission. Jesus, we had an assignment, and you said you was going to come. Now you're dealing with this woman, and now her blessing is my burden. Come on, can we be honest? There's sometimes when, God, you said, but but now you stopped walking with me. It seems as if you're distracted, as if it wasn't bad enough. They come from Jairus' house, Lord have mercy, and they say, Jairus, it's over. It took you too long. You had good intentions and you tried, but you didn't make it back in time. She's dead. She's gone, Jairus. She's gone. Now, come on with us. Come come, come on with us and don't bother the master anymore. Can I just call the devil out? Some of y'all, he's telling you it's dead. It's over. Don't you let the devil tell you what's dead. And God is saying it's just sleep. Some of you, he's saying, give up on the marriage, give up on the dream, give up on your business, give up on the ministry, give up on what God had put in you just because the timeline is off and just because it's delayed. And sometimes I'm going to keep it real in here with y'all. Sometimes it gets worse. It goes from bad to worse. Sometimes it gets worse before it gets better. But here's the line. Here's the line that makes me mad at the devil. Here's the line that he'll give you. He'll tell you, so don't even bother Jesus anymore. Don't even pray about this no more. Stop believing this. Give up on the dream. Don't even pray about it. You've been writing it down on the journal. You've been putting it down on your goal. Don't even write it down this year. In the name of Jesus, the devil is a liar. Write it down. Stand on it. Pray on it and believe God just because he's late, just because it ain't come yet. Devil, you done lost your mind. If you think I didn't come this far to give up now, devil, you done lost your mind. If I didn't put in all this time, now ain't the time to quit. Now ain't the time to throw in the towel. If you still got breath in your body, you still got hope in your chest it's not over choose to believe i don't know who i'm talking to but i'm talking to somebody who watching i'm talking to somebody in this room and the devil told you to give up the devil told you don't even bother the master but i'm telling you i need you to choose i need you to choose to believe Choose to believe. He he speaks to him. And in that moment, Jesus hears the enemy. And he says, Jairus, I don't need you tripping in this season. It's the Albert A translation. J- J- Jairus, I don't need you tripping. I heard what they said, but here's the question. Here's the question. Did you hear what I said? I I heard what they said. But did you hear what I said? Because the world will have you thinking something is dead when Jesus said it's only asleep. Yeah. It's only asleep. Just believe the three quick things, and in the, in the, three, three quick little points. I'm just gonna hit in the, in the next four minutes in 29, <laughs> 27 seconds. Your belief, when you really believe, it's gotta shape your posture. It's got to shape how you show up. It's got to shape your attitude. It's got to shape. See, some of us, we say we believe God, but really you just believe you. The story of a little boy, he's in the classroom and he's standing up. He's standing up. The teacher says, sit down, boy. He's standing up. The teacher says, sit down, boy. He's still standing up. He's still standing up. And then she said, if you don't sit down, you ain't going to go to recess. He sits down with attitude. (laughs) He looks over to his friend. He says, on the outside, I'm sitting down. But on the inside, I'm still standing up. Some of you, you believe on the outside, but on the inside, you're still standing up. You're still walking in your own power. You're still being controlling and manipulative. You call it being intentional. No, you're controlling and manipulative. You're still making demands. You call them prayer requests, but you're making demands. And he says, you got to get your posture right. It's something about knowing that Jesus is your only option. It's something about him being all you have to show you that it's all you need. You got, I like to call it in our church, you got to get your math right. Even as you start this new year off, you got to get your math right. You know, I flunked out of high school. I, I remember uh, I flunked out of high school. I had to get my GED, so I really struggled academically. But, but math was my, my thorn in the flesh. I remember learning Miss Burrell, my first grade teacher. I remember her teaching us addition and subtraction, and then it got to multiplication. I said, Uh-oh. "Uh oh, these, these times tables, doc, it started wearing on me." And then we got to division, and that's when I became the kid in class counting and y'all. And then when they started putting letters in math, I'm out. I- I'm out. That's it. That's the ball game. I'm out. I can't do that. I got an English class already, ma'am. I don't need English in math coming together, messing my little mind up. Uh-uh, you're not about to do me. Don't do that. I don't know what why is. I never knew what why was, and I won't, don't know what why will be. But I know I will not be in this why for too long. Y'all, that's when I accepted my call to ministry. I went to Bible college, and the only math class I had there was the book of numbers. That was it. That was it. That's all I got for you. That's all I got. You got to get your math right and I call it biblical math. David helps us in Psalm 27. David says one thing. One thing have I desired of the Lord and that will I seek after that I may dwell in his house, gaze in his beauty, and seek him in the temple. Some of you, as you start 21, 2021, you got to get your math right, and that's one thing. You got to get your desires down to one thing. Some of you, you want 10. You better get that thing down to one, because if you go through 2021 and all you got is God, then you got all you need. You got all you need. Jairus comes to Jesus and he says, I just need one thing. I need you. In my house. Some of you, that needs to be your prayer. I just need one thing, Jesus, and that's you in my house. The second thing is you need to have a belief that not just shapes your posture that gets you down to one thing, but a belief that shapes you even when the promise is delayed. I don't know about y'all, I ain't got no problems believing God when he show up on time. I can praise God, makes me wanna shout. Hallelujah, you're on time, you save my behind. Thank you, Jesus. Like I ain't got no problem shouting in. But when you need him by Wednesday at 2 p.m. and it's Friday and it's eight o'clock at night, does he make you wanna shout then? Can you still have belief in the midst of delay? or do you see delay as rejection? Are, are y'all in here with me? I, w- I, w- I was in college, and when I was in college, my mentor, Dr. Bobby G. Cooper, was a classy brother. He used to dress up in suits, he was the music director. And I was, I was, I was in his class, and I would sing with the Jubilee Singers, and the Jubilee Singers would tour all across the country. And after I graduated, he said, he said, he, he, he said I want you to come back and tour with me. And he knew I liked dressing nice, and he, I, I like good clothes. So he says, what I'll do is I'll buy you a suit, from my favorite store, a, back in the 90s, a store called Back Rack. So he, 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 I said, that's a deal, I'll take that. So i never forget, we was on tour. We go to the Back Rack store. I got my suit, I got it picked out. We at the counter, and I'm, I'm getting my suit. And Dr. Cooper, his classy self, he pulls out a Back Rack card. You know, you know you're a big deal when you got the stolen credit card, uh, at least I thought back then. So he gives me the credit card, and we talking, and Doc and I talking, and the lady interrupts him and says, uh, excuse me, sir, but your card was denied. And I'm thinking, oh, Lord, how embarrassing. Dr. Cooper, this is a big deal, Dr. Cooper. Your car being denied? If it was my car, that wouldn't be a big deal. That'd just be Tuesday, child. But you, Dr. Cooper, your car being denied? This is so embarrassing. But Dr. Cooper, y'all, he looks at the lady with all the confidence in the world, unbothered, unmoved, and says to her, try it again. And then starts talking to me like ain't nothing happened. And he's sitting there talking to me, but I ain't listening. All I'm thinking is, oh, Lord, oh, Lord, you don't give her the same card back, Dr. Cooper. That ain't what you do. You say, how much is on that one? Okay, now let me, can I put 20 on that? Let me, I got $25 cash, and can I write you a check for $19.95 for the rest of it? Oh, don't look like you ain't had to put together a receipt up in here, up in here, up in here. Come on now. So Dr. Cooper gives it back to her, and I'm thinking, uh, he he talking, and I'm also thinking, oh, Lord, I ain't going to be able to get my suit today, Lord. While we sitting there, he talking, the lady interrupts again. I'm thinking, oh, here she go. Um, she says, sorry for the delay. Your card was approved. As if he expected her to say that. He said, thank you. And then kept talking about something, and I ain't listening. I really ain't listening now, because all I'm thinking is, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to get my suit today. So I get the suit, y'all, and we walk out. Now, Doc ain't said nothing about the awkwardness. He ain't called it out at all. He, he, we, so we walking out, and as I get to the door, he stops me. And my name is Albert, but he called me Bert, but he put a slur, a, a, a southern draw on it. So he said, Bert. I said, yeah, Doc. He said, I may have been delayed, but I ain't never been denied. And walked out the door. One church, what I'm trying to tell you is you may be delayed, but you have not been denied. Your God sees you. Your God hears you. He is with you. He is for you, not against you. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. No weapon formed against you shall be able to prosper. If he said it, will not he do it? If he said it, he's going to bring it to pass. Some men trust in horses. Some men trust in chariots but I will believe the word of the Lord. Can I get a witness up in here? Anybody choosing to believe, anybody choosing to hold on to the promises of God, even when it don't look like it, you may be delayed, but you have not been denied. All over the room, would you just lift up your hands and as we acknowledge the God who shows up in hard spaces as we acknowledge a God who loves us through broken places as we acknowledge a God watch this who's worthy of our belief even when it gets hard even when we don't like what he allows he got a track record he's got receipts he's got blood stained receipts that says God I still believe I choose to believe you so if you're carrying something heavy and if you're in a rough spot Father in the name of Jesus I come with my brothers and sisters who are watching who are sitting in the room And we simply say, Lord, we still believe. We choose to believe. And here's the grace. And God, I thank you so much for the grace to say this next part. Because if I couldn't say this next part, I don't know if I would make it. But but we see it in your word. So I thank you for the grace that lets me say, Lord, I believe. But help my unbelief. Oh, come on, somebody. Can we just, we can be honest. We can can be honest with our father. He said, because I know your faith is going to be strong, baby. But there's some areas where you got unbelief. So we get to pray this prayer today. Lord, we believe. But help. Help our unbelief. Our areas that are weak. Our areas that are marked by brokenness. Father, we bring all of it to you our doubts, our questions, our frustration, our anger, our disappointment. Father, we believe. We choose to believe. Help our unbelief. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, one church.